Welcome back to the Turn on the Music podcast. This is episode 19. We are going through measure four of the book, The Spirit of Music. And we, of course, have CJ here to discuss that. How are you, sir? This I'm evening. doing well. How are you doing? I'm tired. Um, in fact, I'm a little bit late this evening because I fell asleep. <laughs> so. That's okay. Did, did, did you not? I don't think you introduced yourself. I don't introduce myself anymore. No one knows. No, no one cares who I am. <laughs> The Kyle. To quote MC Divinity, <laughs> nobody knows my name. My name. <laughs> and I am not ashamed. Or afraid. Is it afraid or is it ashamed? I don't know. I don't know. I'm still waking up. I have no idea. Whatever. Taking naps. Yeah. I didn't mean to. I just fell asleep. Hey, listen. Sometimes you just got to follow through with your body saying, take a nap. Yep. As long as you're not driving. <laughs> That's true. You know, it's <laughs> funny because someone, I was going to, to base this week and someone said, um, don't fall asleep on the way there. And I went, why? I'll get there faster. Just wake up and be like, oh, I'm here. <laughs> oh. So. Have you have you ever driven like a long distance or to a destination? And when you got there, go, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, when I was in college, I was, I was working with a church. And there were several times that I, I remember leaving the, the rehearsal and I remember showing up at the church and I don't remember how I got there. Yep. I've so. done that many a times to many a places. Yeah. It has not happened in years, but I do I do remember one specific night when I went, How did I get here? I wonder if it, if that's the case. I wonder if it's stress related. Could be. Because if it happened hasn't happened in years and you haven't been like crazy stressed. Yep. I wonder. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting. That's something to uh I don't want to look into it, really. I just No, I don't either. <laughs> so, what have you been listening to this week? Anything good? No. I, no well, I'm not going to say no. I haven't been listening to music. I've been listening to an audiobook. And I was so fascinated with the audiobook that I bought the sequel to the book as soon as I finished the first one. Oh, nice. So I can continue it. And cool. um, it's 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 very nerdy. And I, and that's and it's very like 1980s oriented. It's Ready Player One, mm-hmm. and then I'm I downloaded Ready Player Two. They take place in the 2040s, so not that far off. Uh, the first one was written in 2011, one and the 2011, and the second one was written in 2020. Oh wow! Yeah, so not that far, but you know, in the sense of but the, the big the gap cons- between the two. I'm, I'm sorry. Big gap in between the two books. Yes, but the second book takes place right after the the, okay. the first one. Like it's like if you like, I read it back to I listened to it back to back, and it felt like I just continued whatever was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it and it's narrated by Will Wheaton, which I think I mentioned in the previous, and it's just yep. he does such a great job, and just the nostalgia of like. The 1980s arcades and the video mm-hmm. games and the movies and all the stuff that he talked and and it's a little music driven too. Okay, like he talks a lot about of like the 
the music from the 80s and the 90s and how his playlists that he uses are based upon like this is his time to shower this is one playlist this is his time mm-hmm. to work out this is another playlist so it's very interesting how they do it and um if you're a nerd if you're into all that stuff it's if and you haven't read it because i'm totally late to the game mm-hmm. uh, i would totally cool. read them or listen to will Wheaton written will wheaton read them because he does such a great job cool Outside of that, I don't think I think I put um, Corey Wong on today for like 15, 20 minutes because it was such a beautiful day out. So I opened up the windows mm-hmm. and played a little music as I was on my way back home. Gotcha. How about yourself? Not much, really. Um, I really haven't listened to much music. A couple podcasts, the, the two that I normally listen to, um, but not much music. I'm, I'm so you guys will have missed the, the live stream, but um, tomorrow I plan on. I'm listening to a group called Ripe, R-I-P-E, and if you listen to the uh, Corey Wong's live from West Coast tour, West Coast, yes, right, yes, no, yes, live from the West Coast, um, he has uh, a guy by the name of Robbie Wolfson um, singing, and he is the lead singer for Ripe, and I went, might as well check him out, so we'll check him out um I'll check him out tomorrow, so by the time you guys are hearing this, I will have already checked him out, and uh, I don't know, so yeah. Next episode, you'll just have to I'll I'll give it up next episode. Yeah, because we're we're recording the day Yeah, he has a really cool voice. He sings on on a couple tracks, but the one in particular is um, The Starting Line with Sierra Hall, which is pretty cool. Oh, nice. That's awesome. That's my plan. So have you listened to any of it yet, or tomorrow night you'll be listening I to it for the first time I listened to as well? a little bit of the opening track of a one of the um, live shows he did. Okay. Um, it was interesting. It was, you know, kind of funk-driven a little bit, but you know, it was only one song, so who knows where it's going to go. But it's, it's him, two guitars, a bass, a trumpet, and a trombone. Oh, cool. And drums. So. Oh, nice kind of got a mingo fish trap vibe from it okay so we'll see what happens cool. and speaking of mingo fish trap um when we were live on sunday um he had posted uh, the first video that i've seen in a long time of him performing live it was for a church he sounds great i'm, I'm really glad he's he's back up and getting ready to perform again so that's awesome I'm excited to hear him you know for those that don't know he was battling cancer so uh, it looks like he's you know ready to go and ready to start doing some more music which is really exciting so that's awesome that's good yep so shall we get into the book i was gonna say let's dive in i need to get back into blind mode because that's what i do every episode (laughs) get into blind mode now this chapter is really the i think the jumping point yes to the whole book. Yeah, you you really start to feel the intensity start to build in this episode in this episode in this chapter. <laughs> and of course, we meet another um, another character in this episode. So uh, this is Measure Four. So this is a brother from another motherland, and the tagline is "All dreams are important." So how do you want to start this? Because I don't know. It's be- well because it's tough because it's not yeah. that there's not there's some things in here that are important but mm-hmm. it's it this is what starts this this craziness of this book right and I mean craziness in a good way mm-hmm. like I don't have anything 
cra- like crazy highlighted or underlined because a lot of it is story. Like he just yep. talks about um, going back home, mm-hmm. and he and a lot of it kind of recaps the first book, right? Yeah, because he talks about going like what is it? He goes. He was he spent like a few days with Jonathan, you mm-hmm. know, working with him, learning from him himself. Uh, he says he his role became much easier when he remembered to stop trying to teach, right, and to focus on showing. Mm-hmm. Which and can then, be really hard sometimes. I I agree. I really it, it's a hundred percent. Because he's because uh, at the end of that paragraph he goes, if I could consistently remember to relax and show Jonathan where to look, he would teach himself what he needed to know. Right. And I, I mean, that just goes for anything. I think. I, don't I agree. That, you know, yep. That's a hundred percent anything. You know. And then they talked about how um, in the previous book he talked about the elements of music, mm-hmm. and but they dive in a little bit deeper where they say that there are sub levels to the elements right but he does say something just before they break that down so victory caps not long after my time with michael i realized that the elements related and intertwined for example the dynamic of a song can be changed by altering any of the other elements adding or reducing space changes the dynamic as well as the phrasing Altering the rhythm can change the complete style or feel. Choosing different notes can change the emotional feel. And most importantly, to know how to properly use any of these elements, we must first listen. Mm-hmm. And then they go into how they break it up into sublevels, like yeah. like how there's more to each one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to. I don't know that we need to get into that. No, I don't um, think we do. Then once they read go the through book. that, read the book, huh? Read the book. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I think read the book. Once once they go through that, you know, he like Kyle said, he kind of like hits back at the at the first book. So he brings those elements in, kind of like a recap, like, hey, this is what happened previously and this is what mm-hmm. we're getting into. Yep. Um and there is I don't. I don't know if you have it. What you have underlined, because like we like we've said before, we don't talk. Yeah, purposely. I think the, the the first thing that I have is is where he's talking to Jonathan. He says, "Jonathan, we are more than musicians. Music breathes through our bodies and expresses herself through our souls. The word musician indicates that we are music shamans. Our role is to summon her spirit and bring her to life. You see, music exists without us, but on earth she cannot take form without us." We create music's vibrations, but we do not create music no more than a mother creates the spirit that exists inside her baby. But like the baby who cannot exist without its mother, music cannot physically exist without us. That gives us power and responsibility. Music shamans, that's who we are. Which is a lot to unpack. It is. But it's said so well. Are you going to unpack it? I, I... Sure. Do we want to attempt to unpack it? I, I don't know. I or mean, do we it's... want to just say it's lost the carousel at the airport? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, it's it's what we've been saying the whole time is that, you know, we are kind of a vessel for we, we are essentially an instrument for music, is essentially what it what it's 
saying there, which it's, again, it's hard to get out of the way sometimes. You know, it's something that I, I know I struggle with all the time is just trying to get out of the way, <clears throat> especially when playing the piano. Not so much, for whatever reason, singing is easier. I, I don't know why that is, but maybe it's because of the training I got as I a singer. I think it's because you also don't think of it as your main instrument. Yeah. And I don't mean that to sound funny because I'm not, no, no, that's I, not, I, I'm I not putting, totally. that's nothing against your voice because yeah. we've sung together and I know you mm-hmm. have a good voice. What I'm saying is, is like piano is your main instrument. Right. That's what you mm-hmm. do. And I, th- yep. and I think that like for me, singing is easier because I do want that to be my main instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I was better at the saxophone and that's my struggle. Right. But then there are struggles with with singing that I have because I want it to I want to be good because mm-hmm. that's my main interest. So I do struggle on both, and and I'd rather sh- and not to sound funny, I'd rather the struggle be on my voice than be on my saxophone because right my voice is what I want it to work on. Mm-hmm. So what I what I think is interesting though, Jonathan's response is some people may be scared of this power. Mm. And that's kind of the, like when, when Victor was going through the same thing with, with Michael, the first book, he said the same thing, you know, when Michael was talking about, you know, how James Brown was able to calm down riots and, you know, and how the government was, was potentially like, you know, had, you know, records of all these people who have influenced the way like that, you know, that, that, that Michael was talking about. So, yeah, it's yeah, a scary no. thing potentially. Yeah. It's very, it's very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, then he goes to leave the apartment. Yes. And he runs into, or he sees, a man with headphones. And a a familiar looking man. And a familiar looking man. So he goes to leave, Mm -hmm. and he tries to sneak out without kind of being seen by the guy. And took a different route home yep and then he so in the previous book he talks about what was it 12 measures yes it was it was 12 measures Mm -hmm. that michael gave him and said learn these 12 measures and he felt that with jonathan he was going to give him a copy of this right and each measure was supposed to represent one of the elements of music that michael had taught him right and each measure is based and if you uh, if you were listening to our first first book each measure is one of the chapters in that book yes yeah if right. you look at the beginning of the chapter that little measure is is at the very beginning right so he states that the 10th measure the one relating to space was gone completely gone there was an actual blank space in the middle of the page where the measure was supposed to be not as if i'd forgotten to write it down but as if it was been it has been erased and he focused on this and he couldn't figure it out why mm-hmm and then he had a dream. Yep. And the dream he had was of a flock of birds, mm-hmm. even to the point where one kind of like got right in front of him on his face. Yep. That's when he woke up confused because it was still dark outside. Mm-hmm. It's and interesting how, how the role of bird, the role that birds play in these books. Yes. <clears throat> you know, there was the hawk in the first book. The hawk yes. comes back in this book, you know, um, doesn't mention what kind of bird this was, but I kind of picture a small songbird. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't. I don't think so. It just says light blue birds. A flock I of I kind of picture blue. like 
cartoon birds. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I know I totally because you know the typical they're typically blue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I actually think about like not to date us, but do you remember like the Disney song Zippity Doo Dah? Yeah. No, yeah. totally. The, the bluebirds <laughs> on my shoulder. That's what I picture. That's funny. Um, I am old. Then he states that the whole dream happened in silence. Yes. Actually, he states that it's, he doesn't typically dream in color, mm-hmm. and these were in color. Which, a Victor Wooten song. Yes. Well, and do you know Joseph why that is? Song, no. So there was a study done that people that were born before the invention of color TV typically only dream in black and white. Interesting. And those that were born after the invention of color TV, and if they were exposed to it, they dream in color. Hmm. It had something to do with how our minds... I'm, I'm sure as people got older and they started watching color for TV, if they were able to afford it, mm-hmm. it they, they dream... That's why I think this is very interesting because that's probably what happened with him. And if you think about it, if you're a family that does not have a lot of money, you're not getting that color TV right away at the time. Right. You know, and them being a, a black family, I'm sure it was even harder for them, depending upon where they were living, mm. to potentially get a TV. Right. Because of the civil rights and all that stuff, which is ridiculous. But yep. so I'm, I I always thought that was very interesting mm. that how they figured that out. Do kids dream in 4K now? <laughs> in, in 4K or 8K at this point. Because <laughs> I don't, I think I've only had a few black and white dreams. Mm-hmm. And part of that is because, like, there was a couple movies I watched that had, like, black and white scenes, and that's what triggered it. But typically, I don't, I dream in color. Hmm. What's interesting is, I wonder what would ha- what happen before television. True. Do they dream in radio? <laughs> is it just sound? Like, there's no... <laughs> well, but think about it, because it's not like people were in black and white. So, like, right. were they not dreaming in color back then? Who knows? Who knows? That's the... Uh... That's a study for a DeLorean that can go back in time. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he states that the whole dream happened in silence. He said the beaks were moving and nothing was coming out. Um, even the one that hovered in front of him. Then he goes on to breakfast. You know. Yep. His mother, of course, asked him what's going on because she knew, but he wasn't ready to talk about it. Yeah. And um, he eventually makes his way over to Jonathan's apartment. Yes. And when he gets there, Jonathan is not there. In fact, his apartment's empty. Um, And this is, so this is the next thing I highlighted. Um, So when he realizes that that Jonathan is gone, he wonders if, like, he scared him off. um, And he says, guilty thoughts race through the air in front of me. Jonathan must have grown tired of me. He realized I was a fake. Yes, that must be it. I left early yesterday. That gave him time to remove all his things because the apartment was empty. Um, or maybe something else, something happened to him. It's my fault. He doesn't know how to reach me. I made sure of it the same way Michael had with me. I felt it would add to the mystery. Jonathan left me. Who do I think I am? Um, and I highlighted that because like that's, that's how I always feel. It's like when something ro- goes wrong, it's always my fault. You know, and when I read this, it was, I had a lot of things like happen at the end of last week and I was like, that's all on me. And it's like, it wasn't, but like, that's just the way I am. It's just, everything's always on me. So it just kind of hit home for me. That's why I I highlighted it. 
No, and I, and I feel you because I feel the same way. There's when when things go like if you're part of a situation where something doesn't go right, I totally I put that on me as well. It was funny because I had this conversation with a coworker earlier, and we were talking about stress, and we were talking about she mentioned that she goes she doesn't see me getting stressed very easily at work. I said it's not that I'm not getting stressed. It's just that if I'm the person that needs to go in and fix the situation, mm-hmm. if I come in stress, it's not going to help you. Right. And it's exactly. not going to help the person I'm helping. Mm-hmm. So I need to find a way to con- keep my composure. Yep. Go in and do what I got to do and then be done with the situation. That doesn't mean yep. I'm not stressed. It's just that I found a way to kind of like hide it right. or whatever mm-hmm. behind me. Exactly. But yep. at the end, if something goes wrong, you're like, well, what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. Like, so I totally get that. Yep. But what I think is interesting is, so he, we talked a lot about how there's a lot of mental health in this, his anxiety, mm-hmm. his back and forth. Further down, after he kind of talks about trying to get away, he goes, if Jonathan left for me because of me, it was his choice. Mm-hmm. So in that brief moment, he's like, well, wait a second. He has a right to do that. Yep. Yep, for sure. You know, so he goes to leave the room, mm-hmm. right, and take his time to leave. He was taking it. He was taking his time because he was he was worried about Jonathan. And he, oh, okay, hold on a second. I'm wondering if I missed something. I feel like I missed something. To no, no, no. Okay, so. He okay. This is what this is what I was saying. So he he was crouched down, leaving the apartment, and he noticed a pair of black headphones resting defiantly in the middle of the open doorway. Um, he did not pick them up. He did not put them on. He just left, and he made his way down the steps to the cars. And he said a bolt, small board landed on the ground next to me. He tried to shoo it away. It was a light blue bird, mm-hmm. and. Then the bird flew uh, to the car, on top of the car, and landed on the trunk of it next to his head. So he had to shift his position. And the sentence that I think is key is, although the bird's actions were animated, all was silent. Its beak was moving, but no sound emerged. Mm-hmm. And then his so mom's words. So very similar to his floated. dream. Yep. Yep. All dreams are important. Yep. And... And then he eased up because what happened, what, what's happening now is he saw this guy dressed in black again yes. and he realized it was the same guy from. And did you mention the headphones? Sorry. I did mention the headphones. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. That he, that he saw Brain. them, but he didn't pick them up. No, 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 no. Right. But this is the same guy that he saw in the record store with the headphones come in to fix the record player that he never fixed. Um. So he goes to leave and he realizes that the bird's trying to like in a sense, warn him that the mm-hmm. guy's coming. Yep. He ran a few blocks, wondering where Jonathan was. He wanted to head back to his parents' house. But he decided to go a different route because it was safer, yep. essentially. Crossed the street and headed into the public library. He said it was empty, parking lot. The parking lot was mostly empty, but the library was open. Went in, saw a book on the table opened it up and it went to a chapter titled music in the world's religions 
that at that time. And this is a book I want to find. Is it? But it's it said it fell open to a chapter titled "Music in Worlds of Religions." Mm-hmm. It doesn't state the name of the book, though. No. Huh. I'm curious then. So he started reading it. Then he was grabbed on the shoulder mm-hmm. from behind. Yes, he was. And the person said, whoa, no problem, my brother. Keep reading. It is okay. He definitely had an accent. Um, and Victor states that the guy referred to him as his brother. And for a moment, he was a little bit baffled because he could easily pass as one of his relatives, mm-hmm. like a brother from another motherland. His darkened skin and facial features made it clear he was of African descent, which country Victor could not tell, although he looked friendly, even though he was sure that they never met, and he wasn't sure to trust him. And they kind of have a little bit of a back and forth, and that back and forth, they talk about, you know, like, they're trying to figure out, like, the guy's trying to figure out why Victor's so scared and everything like that, and yep. Victor doesn't want to tell him because he's embarrassed. Yep. And I was just trying to figure out if he if if they mention his name in this chapter. I don't think they do, do they? The guy's name, no. I didn't think so. Okay. Because there's an ending. There's a part to the end of this chapter that happens, and they touch base on on the next chapter. Right. Yeah. And they go back and forth. Uh, Victor finally realizes that the guy had a very friendly demeanor, but he was embarrassed to say what he was running from. Mm Hmm. And he eventually said, without looking up, I'm sorry to bother you. It was just the man I saw. I thought he was following me. He was wearing headphones. Well, no. I mean, yes. He was wearing them, but not today. I mean, he had them, but he left them upstairs. I think they were his, but they may have been Jonathan's. But he wasn't home. I don't really know why I was running. Sounded silly and all that stuff. But the gentleman dropped... Uh, he offered the book with both hands. His hands dropped toward the floor and his smile f- slowly faded away. And without a r- word, he grabbed... This is the gentleman. Grabbed his belongings off the table and walked to the door. Victor didn't understand. And the guy goes, who did you see? Victor's like, uh, the man with the head... the guy's like, the man with the headphone. Like, He's like, who is it? And Victor's like, I don't... You know, I didn't see the face. Mm-hmm. And he asked if he saw... what If the headphones had a red light on it. And Victor said he thinks so, but he wasn't sure. Um, and then the guy asked, did you put them on? Did you wear the headphones? And he said, no. His eyes, did you see him? I don't know. He was kind of far away. The guy goes, "Are you, you are a musician, yes? That's right, I answered. How'd you know? You were smart to run. And that's a question that I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Are you able to pick musicians out of a crowd? Yes. There's a fluidity to them. Mm-hmm. Especially, so, especially ones that are not, how do I say this without it sounding funny? Pompous. And I don't mean that, like, I'm trying, and I'm not saying that they're bad musicians. Like, no, I'm not no. saying that. I, they, they, but it's the me, way it's, they carry themselves. Exactly. That's part of it, I think. For me, it's an energy thing. Right, that's what you know, it is for me. They, there's there's an energy about them that I recognize. Someone who's either plays for a living 
or plays mm-hmm. an instrument or is musically inclined. Yep. There's an energy about them. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that people that are not musically inclined don't have an energy. They just have a different energy. Right. It's, right. You know, it's just, it's that thing. But I, yep. I, I think that there is a, I think in a sense, which is what this book talks about, there is a connection between musicians. Mm-hmm. Whether you know the musician or not, there's a connection there. Yep. And and if you're going to play or sing or perform with a musician, even if it's for the first time, you can connect with that person. Mm-hmm. There's a yep. reason why you can connect with that person. Yep. And I'll tell you this: like the first time I saw Rachel, like I knew I didn't know her. I knew she was a musician right away. Um, I don't know how I knew that, but I also knew that that we would perform well together. Like yeah, instantly. I can see that. Like, I, and and then when I heard her play. I knew for sure, you know, and, and, and we did a piano guys thing with the first thing it was, and the connection was, it was a really interesting connection and, and she's talked about it a little bit. And in fact, <clears throat> so I was the interim organist at, at this church. And when they finally hired an organist, um, that organist accompanied her once and she's like, it was totally different. Like, she's like, it was, it was almost like we were two different people, but like when it was us, like she doesn't realize how well she speaks the musical language. Um, so she was really telling me what to do and I was just responding. Um, but the new organist didn't speak as well or whatever, whatever it was, there was no, there was no dialogue going on musically. And she said, I mean, but that also is a reading off of you. Mm -hmm. So she's feeling you, you're feeling, and that's exactly, that's the combination. And she understood. And it's almost like she knew that you would respect Mm-hmm. what you're putting what she's putting out there yep and yep. i think that's a big thing too because i'm sure you know i definitely struggled with this but over time you realize that if you open yourself up to others when it comes to this the receptiveness and that you get is is definitely um an open receptiveness mm-hmm. versus a closed one yep you know, of course, you got to be careful with who it is. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's just anything you do. But, yeah. Yep. But I could see that. I mean, I never met her in person, but it was mm-hmm. through the interview that we did, which through Zoom, I mm-hmm. could totally see that and, yep. and get that. Yeah. Uh, so they go on. Uh, the guy asks, did he follow you? He doesn't know. And then he says something. He goes, Action is to fear as food is to hunger. Mm. And that was that was not a quote from him. That was a quote from his teacher. Essa. Yeah. Essa, I think. E-S-S-A-H. Mm-hmm. I hope I said it right. And like Victor says he's confused, but I get it. When you're fearful of something you take action mm-hmm. whether it is to run away or to go towards it right when you're hungry mm-hmm. you eat food yep but like it's so funny that victor was like i don't get it mm-hmm. and i understand why he doesn't get it right at the same time mm-hmm. you know like i guess in that situation like if i was in that situation I'd probably be like what the hell are you talking about right. <laughs> I'm not hungry. No, yep. like, I mean, I'm always hungry, but I'm not. I don't well, I, yeah, I'm definitely always hungry too. <laughs> you know, but but when you have when you feel like you're being you know followed and chased, and yeah. you know, and it's you know, 
you don't you don't think clearly. Right. Um so he's saying we got to get out of here. We have to get out of here. And Victor's like, uh, I'm not going anywhere until you tell me who you're talking about. And then he says that this is the gentleman. We must go, he repeated. Victor, my brother, trust me. We must go. Now. And he gave him a look he could not deny. And Victor was like, okay, mm-hmm. let's go. And the last line in this pa- in this chapter I think is so cool. Nothing was starting to make sense. Yep. And unless you're reading the book, in the book, the word nothing is italicized. Mm-hmm. And I know that part of that is to inf- inflect nothing. But at the same time, he was taught nothing. And I, there's such a deeper meaning to that. Well, I think mm-hmm. there's such a deeper meaning to that yeah. sentence. Yeah. Like when I read it, I, when I read it, First, I heard like I listened to audiobook, and then I read the book, and mm-hmm. I go, and I'm, I'm like, that is so more powerful than just yep. what people probably would think it is. Mm-hmm. And there's another meaning to that sentence that I don't want to give away because it comes back a little bit later in the book. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. This, so we we've been introduced to. Two technical, technically two characters. Mm-hmm. Um, this gentleman I mean, who we don't have a name from his his mom and dad too, I guess. But no, his mom and dad were introduced early into the, in the book. Yeah, this book, right? They weren't in the original yeah. book. Yeah, didn't he mention them? Maybe he did. I don't know. Well, whatever. I'm, I'm still asleep. I'm just, I have no idea what's going no, on. No, no. <laughs> um. But the two characters were this gentleman he met in the library, who we find out what his name is in the next chapter, and then this guy in black with headphones, mm. who's technically not just one character. There's multiple, but it this is what drive is going to start driving the book forward. The yep. next chapter, they basically go on a road trip. Yep. Yeah. Short chapter this week. I don't know if it's the short chapter. There's not... Like, I think the next chapter, there's going to be more for us to Mm -hmm. sit and talk on. I think this chapter is like, hey, we're getting into the story now. Exactly. Because there wasn't a lot of... It wasn't wordy in the sense of the things that stood out. It was more of like, okay, let's develop this for a moment. And the Mm -hmm. next chapter, I mean, it's in itself... Let's see if I can do math. I don't want to do math. So the chapter itself is only a little less than 20 pages. Mm-hmm. But this chapter has a lot of stuff mm-hmm. in that 20 pages. There's a yep. lot of yes. There's a lot of stuff in it. <laughs> yes, there is. And, and it's a very interesting chapter. Mm-hmm. Um when do we when do we learn the name of the character? You know, I started looking ahead and I don't I couldn't find it quickly, so. Um, oh, he go. They head back to his parents' house. That's what happens. That's where this starts. Right. Uh, page seventy-five, I think. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. What I think is funny, though, is 
Victor never says he's Victor. Right. And he knew his name was Victor. Mm-hmm. Does that get acknowledged in the next chapter? I forget. I think it does. I haven't okay. read the next chapter recently, so I don't remember. Yeah, I don't I know this book remember. nearly as well as I know the music lesson. So. No, no, no. Um, I, I, it's just, I, I was thinking about that. So, but the next chapter is pretty interesting. <clears throat> yes. The way and, it's and, down. and as we meet these new characters, you like, this is kind of a recurring theme. Like when Victor met Jonathan, he knew Jonathan's name and right. you know, it, it's kind of a recurring theme when, when Michael met Victor, they, you know, the name thing happened again. So it's, it's just a thing that happens. Well, I think that goes book. back to the whole energy thing with mm-hmm. musicians or right. what they're saying about music and how music is connected. And it's just, yep. it's that whole concept of what Victor says in the previous book that we're not born knowing anything and the knowledge that we learn is already out there for us to be shown and our creativity doesn't come from thin air it comes from the stuff that we know already Mm -hmm. and the more that we take in more knowledge we take in the more creative we could be right you know and i never really thought about that but then i think about like artists and i don't mean musicians i mean like painters sketch artists mm-hmm. and all this stuff like i draw and a lot of times i'm you're influenced by and just like in music though but you're influenced by other artists yep like i'm gonna draw this and oh i remember this artist did this so i'm gonna try that and i'm gonna do this mm-hmm. and the same thing with painting and you know even car designs like yeah. everybody steals from everybody mm-hmm. because you have to right you know and those people that have this really cool car that everybody's like going by, it's like, uh, so we watched that car show, Top Gear and then um, mm-hmm. the Grand Tour. Yep. And one of the episodes in Top Gear, they talk about how the Mercedes, um, I think it's the S-Class, where that when they put that car out, it's got a lot, new, lot more new tech in it, um, whether it's safety features, whether it's technology, whatever. And they say that the tech that comes out in that car is what influences the tech that comes out in future cars. Mm. Not just for Mercedes, but for every other car company out there. Right. And it's like that same thing. Like you said that this band Ripe has a Mingo fish trap feel to it. Mm -hmm. Whether or not that's the purpose, but for all we know, they heard them once and they're like, I like that. I can Mm -hmm. I can work with that. Yep. Yeah. It's that creativity from Mm -hmm. it's this it this this book is this one is dense in yeah. a good way. Yep, it is. Yeah, like it's one of those books that you read and you're able to like, where where is this going? Mm-hmm. I can't stop. It's so yep. strange. Where is this yep. going? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, this is gonna pull you in, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it definitely is. So with that, yeah, shall we? I think this is like one of our shortest episodes. I think this is probably our shortest episode. Because we can't go into the next chapter. We need a full episode for the next oh, chapter. Yeah. We might need two episodes for the next <laughs> chapter. That's true. So we much. might need two for the next chapter. So and we were, we're just getting we off were easy talk- this week, people. Yeah. <laughs> and we were just talking uh prior. We forgot we didn't acknowledge that episode seventeen of this season was our fiftieth episode for our podcast. Mm-hmm. So um we're planning we're gonna try to plan something big for our hundredth episode. Because I know we're going to get there. It's just a matter of time. It's another 50, but it's a matter of time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's all she wrote. I think so, too. Or he wrote, I should say, for now. Well, yeah. Whatever. So, yeah. 
So thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you all next week. Remember that we do live streams on Sunday evening at 730, and I do live streams on Friday at 8 o'clock. Um, so make sure you're following us in our socials. They'll be in the uh, show notes, of course. And we'll see you guys all next week. Thank yeah, you so much. Week. Thank you for listening again and watching if you're watching. Yep. Have a good one, everyone. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Turn on the Music podcast. We hope that you join us next week. Click on the link tree in our show notes to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our Twitch and YouTube channel. If you would like to continue the conversation, join us on our Discord. If you like what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you really want to help us promote the show, head over to Apple Podcasts or the podcast service of your choice and give us a five-star rating. Remember, always share the music. Thank you.